Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. <laughs> Hold the phone. Hey, brother. <laughs> Just gotta stop, man. We keep having the same conversation. Hello there, and welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 188, season five, the premiere, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. Time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. This is a New York Sports Talk Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to our fifth season of the show. All right. Two, three, four. I am one of your uh, hosts, Steve San Pietro, a.k.a. San Pete. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is episode number 188. We've been doing this for a really long time, but it's fall. And you know what happens in fall? Well, at least here in the States, you start over. If you're a TV series, a podcast, a web series, a webisode, uh, uh, an iPad-isode, uh, a, a stegosaurus, Whatever you are, if you're a Sniglet, you start over in the fall. You have a new season. And a new season of, of television, of movies, of football, of... It's all new. We're in season five. They said it wouldn't last till four. It did. They said there's no chance at five. No chance, zero. The executives... The podcast people said, no, negatory, negatory, good buddy. Here we are, season five premiere. Hi, welcome to the podcast. We, uh, we actually do have a number of really exciting things uh, planned for season five. We're going to be changing some things up. We're going to be doing some things differently, some new sponsors, um, lots of guests, lots of uh, New York sports, regular sports, over there sports, this sports, that sports, and also pop culture uh, whatever else comes up, we've been doing it for five years. We're going to keep doing it. That was ridiculous, stupid, and dramatic. Okay, welcome to the podcast. Let's bring in a co-host. The guy whose name is first in the marquee and yet always speaks second. Cal. That's, his, that's his little Cal. introduction. There, oh, there's the guy. There's the man. Season five, we still have that. 188 episodes in. He's Mr. Brian Calniva. Carpino Caliente. Hi, Brian. Hi, Steve. Hey, buddy. Hey. Yup, he's back. We're all back. 
We we all did make it back for season five. It was, you know, when season four ended, it was touch and go. We, you didn't know that when, when, <laughs> when, when the Camaro went off the cliff. When season, oh, I drive a, I thought it was a Fiero. It might have been a Fiero. Oh, do you remember Fieros? Yes, of course I do. That's too small for the three of us, though. I had a, no, PJs, we're in there. We're PJ, all in there? I had a buddy who fell asleep at the wheel of his Fiero driving back from Indiana to Dayton, Ohio. He's on the basketball team, Kyle Wagner. Oh, fell asleep. Let's just out him. He fell asleep at the wheel, uh, driving back. He had gone home uh, for the weekend to see his girlfriend, fell asleep at the wheel, wedged himself under a tractor trailer, got dragged by the, in a Fiero, got dragged by the tractor trailer for like two miles. The tractor trailer guy didn't know he had him there. Couldn't get out. Maybe it wasn't two miles. Maybe it was like 500 feet. Doesn't matter. Couldn't get out. Stepping on the brakes. He's stepping on the brakes so much the fiction causes a fire. So he wakes. He wakes. He wakes up. He's staring at his dashboard. He's wedged under a tractor trailer. He's pressing on the brakes. The friction causes a fire. Now his dashboard's on fire. He can't do anything. There's no cell phones. This is 1992. This wasn't a scene in Die Hard. It really I'm happened? Sure the, he's not. It was Kyle Wagner, not John McClane. Wow. I give you the FBI. Sorry. Um, and he, the, he gets out of it, lives to tell the tale because somebody drives alongside the tractor trailer and alerts him to the fact that he's dragging your Fiero. Unbelievable. Um, that's, that's a crazy story. True story. And he, and he walked away without a scratch. Walked away without a scratch. Of course he did. Scared pantless. Well, he had sure his pants were gone, but no scratches. No scratches. His pants were on fire. On fire. Right. The best part about that story is, well, there's several best parts, but the best part was listening to this guy who was super laid back from Indiana with like sort of a Midwestern David Letterman sort of sounding, but like real slow and lilting, just tell the story. He goes, and then I wake up and I'm wedged. <laughs> I'm wedged. That thing wedged like a like a Trivial Pursuit piece. It's just wedged in a tractor trailer. Hi, how are you, Cal? Well, good. And that's you know that's that's just a taste of what you'll experience this year in right. season five of RTU. Right. Anecdotal. They said that was one of the messages sent from on high. Be more anecdotal. Speaking of anecdotal, the Bishop Big Donut is raising his hand. Yes, Bishop. Welcome to season five. You too survived. I did. And you're southern. I wanted to tell. I wanted to tell you. First of all, this season you're southern. I I have control like of the, the switchboard back. Obviously, you, you oh, saw that I completely lost control of the switchboard as we started. Yeah. I apologize. Smooth. <laughs> Seems like you have everything under control. <laughs> that was on purpose. No, I, I wanted to say. On the subject of the Fiero, friend of the show, Frankie, who is uh, listening tonight, uh, 1988 Fiero Man. Is, his, is his car right now. Oh. He rebuilt one. He restored it because he thinks it's awesome. He can rebuild that in, like, awesome. in his living room, though. Like you could, you could take a Fiero and just put it on your deck and rebuild it. Like You don't even need a garage. 
Well, you just hold it up and you do this underneath <laughs> and, it, and you fix it. Yeah. It's so cute. Actually has it on like three little benches. Like in his living well, he room. loved it for years. He had it for years, like since it was new. It was like the family car back then. And it, it was garaged the whole time. And he always wanted to fix it up. And then just last year, he's like walking down his street, and suddenly his neighbor has a half-wrecked Fiero up on the um, curb with a sign time. that says, please take this. <laughs> right. <laughs> It's free, you know, to anyone who wants to drag it down the street. It's like, like well, wow, this old, is kismet. Uh, right. It's like when you put an old computer monitor out and you put a little tag on it. This still works. This still works. Uh, so, th- somebody I did, did that, that with my a lawnmower. Fiero. Somebody did that with a Fiero. Yeah. <laughs> and Frank is he, a really good mechanic. He Frankenstein the thing together, and he's got a working car. I... He could put that under the Christmas tree if he wants. They're, they're so, they're how, so that's demure. How small, that's how small a Fiero is. Yes. Anyway, hi, uh, Peach. Welcome to Season 5. Aswell, welcome back. It's, it's the Sherry O'Terry of cars, if that means anything. The Fiero? Yes. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm, I, yes. <laughs> Does that you mean that... You tell me how I, it is it. That, does that mean when it appears in a sketch, I'm not quite sure how I feel about it? Yes. Does, does that mean it chews the scenery in a, in a sketch? <laughs> it's little, it's adorable, it's a firecracker. You can't help but like it a little. And it mugs for laughs. That's yeah. Sherry O'Terry. That's Sherry O'Terry. Did you guys see who won the, uh, the Grantland? The SNL? Yeah, no surprise. I, I thought the final two was perfect, and I thought the winner was... I eh. the final two were Hartman versus Farrell, right? Right. And who won? Well, Farrell won. Did he win going away too? I think he did. Yeah. Which gives you, I think, a bit of an idea of the readership of Grantland. Yeah, who voted? You know, but also, I I would have I would have gone Hartman. You can't go wrong either way, though. No. You can't. I, I mean, you can't argue Farrell. You can't. But I think if Hartman were alive and had been able to continue to work, obviously, uh, and started to do movies and stuff like that, I think you would have, I think you would have had a better shot. I think he's remembered as a brilliant utility player on Saturday Night Live because his career was cut short. Whereas Farrell, I think, was a brilliant guy on Saturday Night Live, but I think his legacy on Saturday Night Live has gotten amplified because of his movies. Well, if you go back and watch some of his stuff, it's really good. I'm, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not trying to take any credit away. I'm just saying I think his movies have helped. I think his movies have helped. <laughs> but then again, if you watch Get Off the Shed, which he actually auditioned with, Get Off the Shed is brilliant. I mean, it's incredible. Brilliant. I will drag you to a dark alley and fight you. Get off the shed. <laughs> For the love of all things holy, I will take you to the desert and leave you without water. That's now that good. I've got a nine-year-old, I understand that sketch. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Um, well, welcome back, boys. It is great to be back for season five. And you know what? We're going to do something wacky. We're going to start talking about sports. Because there is a ton. A ton so, Bish, uh, we're going to talk to you in a bit. 
<laughs> there it is. He had his mouth open like he was going to say something. He did. And you were like, nope, we're going to talk to you in a bit. No, nope. Sorry. Yeah, but... The bishop is wearing a hat tonight. Uh, I just, I can't. I can't. And the tie-dyed shirt. What is this look? This is like bizarre camp counselor. End of summer. You look like the, the, the guy from Meatballs. The camp, the camp, <laughs> the head of... What is it? The camp coordinator? From he looks Meatballs? like a camp counselor that gets hired in September <laughs> for summer camp. To, to clean up. Right. I mean, this outfit. We're, on, uh, we're using Uvu tonight uh, for our uh, video conference call so we can see each other and try to crack each other up. And PJ has been successful already with what he's wearing. What does that say? JJS? What? What, are you, what is happening? Jumping Jack Camp. Jumping Jack Camp. It's, <laughs> it's the letters of the school, the elementary school. Elementary school? Okay, Sherlock. The elementary school is the J.J. Katina school. We're not doing elementary anymore? We're just doing elementary? Is that we're just going to pretend we're British now? It's the elementary school. Yeah, yeah okay. Boston. You got it. We're not, I'm serious. We're not doing elementary? Elementary? We're just... All right. I didn't know. I didn't know we were going so formal. What do you demand of me tonight? Grade school? Do I need a costume change and elocution? What do I have to do? I need you to change costumes into elocution. So I want you to wear what you envision elocution looks like. Make everything my wider. New, my new cologne I'll be launching after the show. <laughs> elocution. 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 The problem with that cologne is it's a lot like electrocution, and people are very confused. <laughs> didn't sell New York well. Sports. It did not. New York sports, everybody. Elocution. By Manon. <laughs> Coco Chanel's Elocution. Say it right. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a guy in an alley pointing at you. <laughs> Eloquation. <laughs> How dare you? I think it's like those old, old, those old Chanel commercials from the... Uh, the black and white. Right. <laughs> he could not speak. How dare you? Slap. <laughs> Just slap your face. Elocution. Say it right. Available at Estee Lauder. In the NS. <laughs> okay, New York sports. Beach, we'll talk to you in a bit. Cal, um, a number of things to get to, not the least of which is, holy cow, football season is back. I cannot believe it. Here's how I want to unpack this. Are you ready? Yep. Let's start with the locals. Okay. We're gonna, oh, we're going to go, we're going to work our way out. Yeah. Got it. Well, I want to work inside out. I like that. The the Jets open up Sunday uh, against the Raiders. Okay, we have we we put off talking about football. We saved it for the premiere. Okay, we didn't tease it. We didn't do anything. I have two questions for you because we haven't really talked about it, bud. And we know where you are with the Mets. We can talk about that later. How pumped up are you for this Jets season? One to ten. Um, seven. Solid seven? Solid seven. Skeptical seven? No. 
I'm a solid seven. Remember that movie, The Skeptical Seven? Yes. <laughs> Not. <laughs> this, is the follow- this is equal to the Magnificent Seven. The Skeptical Seven. Skeptical Seven. I don't know if I want to go through with this. <laughs> Charles Bronson in The Skeptical Seven. Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> this is. This feels. I'm not. This is. I'm not sure. <laughs> Paul Reiser. <laughs> Are you sure? I mean. Hey, you could do this. You could do that. We could do this. Maybe we would do that. Maybe we would take Murray for a walk. I don't know. Skeptical. No, I'm not skeptical. I'm okay. pretty confident. Pretty solid seven. I could be pushed into a 7.5 based on what they do this week. Okay. Well, let's get right into it because... Oh, no, no, no. Let's turn it back. No, no. What are you? <laughs> no, no. Stop right there. Either I'm, not, I'm not... Listen, I'm not going to answer all the questions. Right. This year. <laughs> That's another thing that came from on high. Right. Sam Pete, you should ask we we need to decide what our executive sounds like. Is he British? I feel like he's British. I think Australian. He's Australian. Oh that I think he's like an Australian very, playboy. It's a very difficult thing. That's right, he bought the show for season right. five. Yeah. He's out on his yacht. Simon Simon Helsinger. Simon Helsinger. Sa- Simon Helsinger. Australian's really tough to do. I'm sorry. What's easier? British is, is okay. okay then he's British. No, I like the idea of him being Australian. I'll just have to work on the dialect. <laughs> you should ask, ask more questions then. Yeah. Ask more questions, mate. That's terrible. Terrible. No. Anyway, um, I am I'm an eight, maybe a nine. I'm probably a nine. I feel yeah. like I'm a nine. I feel like you're a nine too. I. The Mets have been so disappointing and so difficult mm-hmm. and so trying. Mm-hmm. And again, we'll talk about that later, but I don't know, Bri, you and I have been talking about this. I don't know if I've ever found myself in the position I'm in right now where when the Mets win, I'm a little bit disappointed. We've, we've been talking about that for the last couple of weeks. A little part of me dies. when that, the happened, Mets. that happened last night. I didn't watch the game. I checked the score. Saw that they won four to three, and my initial reaction was, ah, damn. Yep. And the only reason I watched the game with any sort of feigning interest is fantasy. Like, that's all I have left for the Mets. I'm in the playoffs. You're in the playoffs. I had DeGrom starting last night. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, but, oh, this, this, we have to take a timeout. I hate doing this, but this was. This was <laughs> okay, call a T. Call a T. I'm calling my first timeout. That's a new uh, segment. Boom. Done. Because it's early. You can call three timeouts in the show. It's early, but I'm going to call the first one here. <laughs> and they're called, we called them segue timeouts. You All can right, call seg- a segue timeout. Right. But this, but this relates to what we're talking about. Peach, we need music for it. Go ahead. Fantasy-wise. Um, it, it'll take 90 seconds. I was thinking about... You're on the clock. I'm on the clock. I was thinking about the world of fantasy sports. Because I'm in the playoffs, you're in the playoffs for baseball, and who cares? Who really cares besides us? Nobody cares. Nobody cares. You can't talk to somebody about the fact that you're in the fantasy baseball playoffs because nobody gives a crap. Nobody cares. They don't care who you drafted for your fantasy football team. Nope. Well, I mean, they don't. Yeah, this is nobody cares about your fantasy they don't, team, right? No, nobody cares. Two things nobody cares about your politics. <laughs> no, there's three things your kids, your kids, your politics, yep. and your fantasy teams. Yep. Nobody wants to hear about. And yet, it dominates my office. But let me ask you. 
does it dominate from a perspective of you share your fantasy stories and nobody cares about yours. They just want to tell you their fantasy stories and everybody just throws it out there. The only reason it's dominating, the reasons that it's dominating are twofold. One, we have a league in the office. That's different. And it's draft time. Okay. But we've all taken vested interests in our other leagues outside of the office. So, yes, it is about, like, they asked me how my, you know, my family league that's been around for 11 years, like my big keeper league, how it went, how the draft went. They all knew I had the draft on Sunday, and they all asked me how it went. I think if you put a world of people together that can talk about, you, you have to be in that world. Maybe. If you talk to PJ about this, he will strangle us. And then after he strangles us, he will his probably... <laughs> Eyes. With his eyes. Just not even, not a hand, nary a hand near your face. He will just strangle you with his eyes, and then he will use spoons and take your eyes out after you're dead. The re- just for good riddance. Like, that's how little PJ wants to hear about our fantasy teams. The reason why, the reason why this came up and why I thought of, of this theory <clears throat> is because, in, now again, nobody cares. Yes. I, and Simmons, Simmons has been saying this for years, right? Yes. I, I, my personal fantasy history is hard. <laughs> Nobody cares about that. But I happen to have the greatest fantasy moment of my life, sports-wise, on Sunday night. Yep, yep, that's right. Around midnight. That's right. Sports. You're talking sports. Oh, of course. Sports, fantasy baseball. Yep. And... I'm not, I'm not even going to get into it because, again, nobody cares. But some like ridiculous things had to come together for something to happen for me, and they all did. And I'm sitting in my room with my headphones on watching the Royals and Indians in the 10th inning on Sunday night. Yep. And then this great thing happened, and I was going nuts. And I realized... I couldn't be more alone right now. <laughs> in the world. In the world. Because who am I? I'm not going to wake my wife up. No. Tell her. That's, I'm not going to tell her when she is awake. <laughs> Could care less. I'm not going to talk to the guys in the league about it because they all got their own things to worry about. Sure. I'm not going to talk to people that don't play fantasy sports because they could give less than two crafts about it. That's right. And here I am after 10 years and this unbelievable thing that I'm so excited about and I, I poured <laughs> hours of energy yep. and emotion into. Yep. And I was just like, oh, well then, I, I, guess, I guess I'll go to sleep. <laughs> Yay me. <laughs> and it was just, it was That's the great. weirdest thing. It was That's the weirdest tremendous. thing. I've been there. I've been there. The quiet celebration on a Monday night. As a guy, like, drops a pass, and if he catches that pass, you lose, and if he drops that pass, you win. And just jumping. Exultation that's just ridiculous. Way over the top. Way, way over the top. And there's no one to share it with. You just, you can't. There's absolutely no one. You wake the wife on that one? Forget it. Forget it. You can't even mention it, ever. No. That this happened. No. You know my, my fantasy thing, though, how I keep the wolves at bay. How? With my, so I do two baseball teams and two football teams, right? Right. I have uh, – I don't care about the money. It's not about the money. I don't care. 
I want to win, obviously. But I don't care about the money. So the money goes directly to my wife. If you win. That's right. Okay. All of it to do with what she wants. Right. All I ask for is a small, small piece of land that I can homestead. <laughs> like in Blazing Saddles. Yeah. That's it. She gets all... I call it the boot fund. Right. Because she can go buy boots. She loves shoes and boots. And she can go buy boots and shoes she would never normally spend the money on. Okay. On herself. And this is when I'm checking my lineups and stuff and like on my phone and obsessing over like I'm in the playoffs now and I'm watching. I have it on in every room. Yeah. I have it on like the iPad in the living room and then I have it on the phone and then I have it on the laptop and... I just look at her and I go, Boots, Bootsy Collins, you want them boots, don't you? Huh? Let's, let's, ease, let's pump the brakes on getting upset with the big guy for checking in on the team. And then she'll be like, all right, what two-star pitchers do you have going this week? What, <laughs> right. What are you doing? <laughs> you know? Come on. Carrasco, you're really going to start Carrasco, really. You really think he's going to come through on two starts. I, I mean, I know his last five or six outings have been great. I know he's you know, topping out at 99 miles an hour in the seventh inning, but I don't like that matchup. That's what she'll say. Because she wants, she wants the Steve Maddens, my friend. She's got a vested interest in it. That's right. No, that, but that, that really does, and, and, it, and it works out for everybody. I don't care about the cache. Take it a oh, cache. Oh, no. No, of course not. So, anyway... I know that would n- not work with your wife. No, never. But it's worth a shot. How if you just say, if I win, I'm spending it on the children? Has nothing, that, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. <laughs> she, her, the whole concept of fantasy sports to her. Yes. Is there an amount? Like, what if you could win? Like, what if one of the leagues was like, you won like $10,000? She would be like, oh, like that would, she'd be okay. But, but the process to get to that $10,000, she doesn't want any part of. Right. And mo- mocks it mercilessly. Yes, yes, I know. You Merci- really, I mean, we've talked about this. You really are under, a, under some big-time scrutiny. Where's your- Daddy going? Daddy's going to go pick uh, fake players. No, 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 the players are real. Let's, let's get that straight. Yeah, by the way, just... If they're actual human beings. That's right, let's keep that clear. Daddy's assembling an all-star team of men. Yeah, probably tough to explain to your daughters as well. Anyway, oh, yeah. uh... Yeah, I mean, they're old enough now that they... they oh. oh, you have your fantasy draft? <laughs> Great. Really, really, like, using yeah. in sanctimony. <clears throat> they're of age to make fun of you as well. Eight years old. Super. Oh. So, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to take us off track, but... You mentioned fantasy. This was something that I've been thinking about all week. I wanted to just share it. Not at all. No, and what, there's your, there's your first time out, your first charge time out. What is not at all? What does that mean? Not, not, that's fine. That means. Okay. I, I don't know. I, think people, people, think people, nothing people, of it. People respond, not at all. I know. I use it a lot. Yeah, but I don't know to what. <laughs> it is pretty, it's old-fashioned elocution. Not at all. Not at all. Hey. See? I did that. I came home uh, a couple weeks ago, and Casey had a new word, and it was not ball, but ball. <laughs> because he's from New York, and his sitter is from New York, and I'm from New York, and I lost my dialect a long time ago. And uh, 
My wife is not from New York. And uh, but the sitter is awesome and she's fantastic. She's very much from New York. Mm. So so Casey was like, I was like, oh, here's a ball. He's like, ball. Like no no, ball, ball. <laughs> I uh, no no, don't do that. Your mother's gonna be very upset. Back to the Jets. I am a nine. Uh, because the Mets have been so bad, I'm really looking forward to this football season. But I gotta say, the lead up has been very difficult for me, and I'll tell you why. We all know what the problem is with the Jets, right, Cal? What's the problem? Tell me the problem. Problem? They got no quarterbacks. They got, they got no, actually. They've got no secondary. No secondary. Secondary is awful. Right. So as I said to you the other day, and I tweeted out the other day, and we were having this conversation. I guess you know only cornerbacks are allowed to cover receivers. And also, quarterbacks only throw to receivers being covered by bad cornerbacks. And you're also only allowed to double-team with an officially licensed NFL cornerback. You know, I thought the secondary was made up of a number of players, like a safety. So, and then I, I said this, and this is what's really going on with the Jets. And tell me if you think this is true. Our buddy, Dr. E. Ray Stack, couldn't figure out if I was being sarcastic or not. And I kind, of, I kind of was when I said the Jets are a ridiculous overpay of Dominique Rogers-Cromarty away from having an entirely different narrative for this year. Like one corner makes all the difference. And it's as if if they had signed Werner, suddenly they're a 10-6 team. Disagree. Of course, it's, I was being sarcastic. No, no, no. I disagree with. I disagree that that's what the narrative would be. The narrative wouldn't be that. No, I'll tell. I will tell you what would happen. Oh, oh, joke. Go on. I see. I I've seen this before. I did not see that coming. If they had signed Werner. Yes. Werner Herzog. Werner. Yes. What has two thumbs? <laughs> and pretty much that's it in the thumb department. Or and even. <laughs> For a deli owner, that's a rave. <laughs> Sorry, we're quoting Comedy Bang Bang. Uh, I know you shouldn't quote other podcasts when you're on a podcast, but I don't really care. That's really good, though. And if you're not listening to Comedy Bang Bang, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing podcasts wrong. That's right. <laughs> Go on. You're just not paying attention. Yeah, you just don't know anything about anything ever, and you probably never will, and you probably have bad diction. Elocute. You don't get it. Go on. If they had signed Werner or or even Rogers Cromartie, you'd think because you would think that oh, just stick two or both even stick them both or Revis, stick them both stick them back there. Okay, now you've got a playoff team. Ah ah ah. Because the narrative that's that's in the computer F nine, they just hit the F nine button and they go with the Geno Smith is the thirty second. Best quarterback in the NFL. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, no, they, no doubt they would have found another negative narrative. There was, my, okay, my, okay, maybe my, I misunderstood you. Right. Because my point is there was no way they were ever, the narrative wasn't going to be that they're a bad team. Okay, I might disagree there. I might disagree there. Might? What would make you because disagree I feel, or not? Because I feel, I feel like, I feel like the narrative would have been 
I feel like if they had a legitimate cornerback with experience, when Milner went down, Dex McDougall went down, right? And they were starting, and this weekend they were starting Walls and Dominique Rogers Cromarty. I think Geno Smith has made enough strides and convinced enough people with his play in the preseason that there would be a that the beat guys would be wholly more optimistic about this team because of the dreaded week two through seven stretch. Right? So, like, if you're going to have one thing wrong with the team, the Jets have this, this stretch, right, Cal, from weeks two to seven? Right. We haven't all talked pro, about all their all schedule. Play. They have a ridiculously difficult schedule. And in weeks two through seven, they face Jay Cutler, or, or they face um, uh, Rodgers, Jay Cutler, Matthew Stafford, uh, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, and Peyton Manning. Right over the course of seven or six weeks, mm-hmm. so they go through this gauntlet of fantastic quarterbacks. You could not have a worse thing to have wrong with your team if you're the Jets than corners, given their schedule. That's a good point. If Dominique Rogers Cromartie was there, or a and he and I didn't want him there, and I understand why he's not there, and I have no problem with him being not there because it was a ridiculous overpay, in my estimation for a guy who is on a one-year show-me deal and contemplated retirement, and isn't that really that good? But if he was there, he changes the narrative. Oh, well, hey, they're going against those guys. At least they have some experience, and they get Milner back in week three. It's not when they get Milner back in week three. We don't know what you're going to get. He's Mr. Inconsistency. Well, you have a regular guy there. The, the narrative's entirely different. I'll tell you what they might have done. Harder. They might have gone the Geno... Uh, Vic quarterback controversy. As it was, they couldn't press the. They could not put their foot to the metal on that. Right. I think they would have tried that, and I think they also would have tried to push the Decker is not a number one receiver. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. These these are all narratives that are out there, but right now they're focused on the cornerback. Right. So now, so we've established that. Let's get that out of the way. Let me ask you, then, because we really haven't talked about this Jet team. A little bit. You know, no, but I'm saying we, we talked about it a lot at the draft. We talked about it a little bit in minicamp. But let's, you know, season starts on Sunday. Where are you? I feel like we haven't talked about it. Where are you with the acquisitions and what John Idzik has done? I'm okay with it. Let uh, me go on the offense. Let me go on the offense. Okay. How do you feel about this offense going in? I, I like it a lot. So do I. I, I like it. Maybe I like it a lot because it's just so much different than last year. Right. Or the last, you know, t- the last couple of years. years. Yeah. yeah. And maybe that, and maybe that's what's making me like it so much. Maybe it's not really that great. Okay. I think it has the potential to be good. I think I like the fact that Morningwig is in his second year. Yep. I think I like the fact that the guys that they've brought in fit well into what he wants to do. Agree. Um. I, I, I really like Chris Johnson. So do I. I feel like Chris Johnson's got a lot to prove this year. Yeah. Yep. You know? The, the, the line is not that great. I'm not, I'm not crazy about the line other than Mangold and Ferguson. I think the line's okay. I don't know if, they, I don't know if you lose much with Giacomini. Um, definitely brings a nasty streak, um, you know, replacing Austin Howard on that line. You want to see, Winters scares me. Yeah, you want to see what Winters does and if, and if he improves. I think the line is stable, but uh, go ahead. You were saying about CJ. No, no, I just, I, th- I think, I, I really like the collection of running backs this year. 
Yes. You know, I think they complement each other very well. I think they all do different things. I think they can all be used to do the thing that they do well. Do you think that, okay, that's fair. Do you think that they finally, there's been a lot of talk going back and forth. Do you think that they finally have an offense that, and some personnel that Rex Ryan is willing to sort of turn Marty Morningway loose with? Like yeah, well, we've I mean, this about Rex for years, right? Like he needs somebody to run the offense so he can just run the defense. Yeah, but I feel like he's always turned the off, whether it was Schottenheimer or Sperano or Morningwig last year. I feel like he's turned the whole thing over to that guy, no matter what the personnel was, and the personnel has always lacked, except for that 2011. Don't you feel like though, in some ways, Rex always sort of pumps the brakes on what a guy really wants to do? Because he wants to run the ball so much. Look, I think they need, they're going to need, I love their running backs, but I feel like they're going to need to pass the ball more than, especially in those you know, weeks two through seven, they're going to have to pass the ball more than, and that shouldn't be, more than it seems. You can't go back to quote unquote ground and pound. Like that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, but I tell you, I haven't heard too much about that this offseason. I haven't heard them that that's what they want to do. I know, I haven't and, and it's funny, I haven't heard that from the Jets. I've heard everybody saying that about the Jets. Right. Like, I haven't heard that from Rex. No. He's, he's touted the running backs and he's excited about the running backs that they have but part of the excitement he's mentioned is catching passes out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. So, and I haven't, certainly have heard, haven't heard Marty, uh, Marty Morningway say like, we're going to run, you know, run the ball up the wazoo. And go back to ground and pound. I just think they're going to need to throw more than they have in the past. They're going to have to sort of take the shackles off Geno a little bit. And Rex is going to have to be okay with that. I think, he, I think he's going to be okay with that. I think okay. he trusts Morningwood. I really like Decker, too. I'm so tired of hearing the number one crap. I really am. Our buddy, our buddy Joe Cap at Turn on the Jets, Cal, has written. It's like I think that's his uh, doctoral thesis is working on how there's no such thing as a true number one wide receiver anymore or a number two wide receiver anymore in the NFL. And he's so right. He really is. He's proven it like 37 different ways. Right. That it's just, it just it, fine. The number, the number one receiver thing, I think, is born out of the fact that whoever the best cornerback on your team is, you're going to put him on a guy. And then by proxy, that guy is the number one receiver. But not everybody plays zone. I mean, uh, man. Well, not everybody plays man, too. That's teams true. Teams play cover, too. Teams play, teams play hybrids. Teams play man zone. Teams play high-low. Like, it's just the only time there's a one who, you know, a quote-unquote wide receiver who's a one who gets, uh, and I just did those air quotes like Sheila in uh, Say Anything, who gets, you know, who does that is Revis. Right. Like, like Richard Sherman doesn't so, even do that. So this whole notion, and also it's it's also on the play design. I just I like Decker, I like Curly a lot. I've come around on him. I still don't love him. He's still like a three guy to me. They still are searching for a number two guy there. Yeah, but and, Curly, and by, and by number two, yeah, absolutely. And Curly should get the majority of the targets. And by two, I don't mean uh, uh, two in terms of. Um, uh, like wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I just mean two in terms of targets. I'm not sure Curly, you know, if you want to get Decker 100 targets, I'm not sure I want Curly with 80. Uh, I know? disagree. 
I don't. I just. I'm com- I'm comfortable with that. You are. Yeah. Okay. In, in that role, I'm. Co- I, now look, I don't want to put him outside and give him 80 targets. Yeah. But if you stick him in the slot, you throw the ball to him 75, 80 times. I'm comfortable with that because I think you know he's what? good right. there. Yep, you're right. And if you can do it with you know somebody like Wes Welker or Edelman or somebody like that out of the slot. Yeah. You know why can't you do it with Curly? No, why can't you throw the ball 80 times to him in out of that spot? I like Salas a lot, Cal. You like? I was going to ask you about David Nelson. I like David Nelson as a solid four guy. I wouldn't mind seeing Salas slip into that three spot. Good hands, good routes, catches the ball at the top of his route. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, a go-getter. Morningway's had him before. Morningway has brought this guy along. He had him on the practice squad with the Eagles. Yeah. He made some hay with the Rams a couple of years ago when he was drafted out of Hawaii. You know, kicked around on practice squads. He's only like 25. Oh, yeah, no, he's young. And he's bigger than he looks. I mean, he's six foot. Like, he's a legitimate six foot. Um, I like Salas a lot. I hope he catches on and, and you know. And then you're going to be able to split Jason Morrow outside. And, you just, well, and, and this, this offense is way more multiple than it was. Right. That's, that's what it is. It's, if, it, if it's not better, it's at least different. And they have more options now. Yeah. They're, they're not forced because they don't have any receivers. Yeah, because they're not they forced have, to run the ball. Right, because they don't have Clyde Gates playing, you know, 79% of the snaps in a season. So from, just from that perspective, they have to be better. Just because, and, and look, Geno Smith looked good lately. I, I, I think so, too. He looks. He looks better. And I thought he looked. I thought he looked outstanding in the preseason. I but really you know what? But the first game he was a little shaky. But outstanding. Okay. Sorry. If you take the that preseason, was, that was from Simon. Just more declaratory, really big statements. Right. Definitive. Outstanding. If you take bucket. <laughs> uh, we've soundboarded that. Yep. Please. You take the preseason and remember what he did in the last three games of last season. Yep. You've built yourself a little momentum with a young quarterback who's gaining confidence, who by all accounts has a very good relationship with Michael Vick. Great relationship. Right? And so, I mean, he's he's got, we don't call Michael Vick a mentor. We've got to be careful with that. (laughs) Right? Yes. But he's a veteran presence that at least garners respect from Geno Smith. So if, he's, if he says something, he's got the credibility that Geno Smith is going to listen to him. Yes. So he's got Michael Vick there. He's got Marty Morningwig there. He's got a cast of, of talented players around him. They're, you know, maybe they're not all stars all over the place, but they're legitimate NFL caliber players. Certainly more talent than he had by far and away than he had last year. So he's, so he's being, and, and I hate to say it, because we always talked about Mark Sanchez. May he rest in peace. <laughs> Mark Sanchez, Jet quarterback, may he rest in peace. Yes. Because Mark Sanchez is alive and well. Alive so and doing quite well for himself. Looking very good, too. As always. But we always said they never, Mark Sanchez was never set up to succeed. No. Right? Well, what they've done with Geno Smith, is they've set him up to succeed. They have and begun if, to, yes. Right? And if he doesn't, and they've done all of this to help him, you've got Michael Vick. You have a viable backup. Right. You don't have Matt Sims. Right. Or Greg McElroy. Or Mark Brunel. Or Mark Brunel. Yeah. No, I... I Quincy uh, Carter. Look, I... 
people uh, will say that I'm an idsic apologist. They'll say it. I hear them. I hear the whispers. They're um, not whispering anymore, Steve. They're no, they're, they're shouting. I, I like what he's done. I think he's begun to set up Geno Smith to succeed. And I, I, just, I, I picture you walking down the streets of Manhattan, and everybody's just silently holding signs and staring at you. <laughs> like the leftovers. Right? <laughs> like the guilty remnant in the leftovers. They're just holding signs and staring at me that say Geno Smith, or that say uh, John Itzik. Right. I am... Um, a couple things, too. I wanted to get in about Geno just really quick. Okay. That I noticed. I don't know if we've discussed. And it's, it's super exciting to me. One is, apparently, the, just the stories about his dedication and stuff in the offseason and just looking at tape on his own and trying to, like, every ridiculous sort of way they tried to destroy this guy, he has proven was completely false. Just right. completely like a diva. He doesn't study. He doesn't work hard. Every one of them patently lies. Right. Patently. It's Patently like false. he made a list of them. <laughs> right. And like he had a checklist. He's like, okay, right. let me do this. Let me do that. Me Diva. Do huh? Let's see. I'll be in the gym 22 hours a day. Let's see. Doesn't study. How about I just go get tape on every uh, team I'm about to play this coming year and study all that and bring those all in the first day of camp. Got it. Check. Go F yourself. Check. <laughs> so, so that was great to hear. And then does he look – he looks thicker. Like, he looks like he put on 10, 15 pounds of muscle. He looks slight last year. Like, there were hits that I saw him take in, like, week 13 where I was thinking, oh, dear. Oh, they've broken Gino. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a young guy, too. He's only he's 22. Like, so he's still growing. Yeah, but, but he said he put on 10, 12 pounds of muscle. Yeah, to me, he looks, like, he looks like he's a year older. He looks just thicker to me. Physically. Yeah. And then... For just from a, and again, I, I, I'm I'm no Matt Cavanaugh, quarterback coach, but just from a your card says that's what my card says. I'm not Matt Cavanaugh. It's the dumbest card. People are so confused. Like what? I don't. Like of course you're not. I didn't. I was never gonna think that. I mean, I had a lot of things I was thinking about when you handed me this card, and I was meeting you. Matt Cavanaugh was probably like number 5,637. Well, and now the next question is who the hell is Matt Cavanaugh? Who the hell is Matt Cavanaugh? Um, his footwork looks much better. His progressions, his going through progressions look much better. And most importantly, pulling down and running. Yeah. When the first or second read is there and or sensing a blitz, having the timer go off in his head, big difference. He's not a running quarterback, but he's a quarterback that can run and can should run. run when he needs to. Yeah. And, you know, second and six is a heck of a lot better than second and 20 right. or second and 17. And I think he's getting that. that I, and I think that that's what it was. it was. He didn't have the instinct to do that. Yeah. So there's a lot to be happy about on the, on the offensive side of the ball. And then on the defensive side of the ball, look, the corner, I'm not going to be Pollyanna and say, you know, Say Darren Walls and Antonio Allen making his first start at corner ever as a converted safety who is a converted linebacker is how I wanted to start the season. But let's just let's just everybody calm down. Let me ask you a question now. Sure. All right. More questions, boys. Simon, he's in your ear. Is he in your ear right now? He's playing golf. I feel like right. He's calling. He's he's. He's got an assistant holding the phone up to his ear. He's playing show God 
right. on the golf course in Brisbane. And he's talking into PJ's ear, and PJ's talking into our ears. Yeah. And he just said, more questions, mate. This guy's 21 years old, too, by the way. He's 22. What is he, 22? He's 20, 22 years old. He's just a kid. He's just a kid. He has some brilliant ideas for the podcast, though. He really does. Well, we're, we're all ears. And, and whether we like it or not, he's going to enact them. So, um, The Jets are approximately $21 million under the cap. Yes. Is it, 20, is it about 21 20, 20. It's said, you know, you really shouldn't trust figures you see online. But, okay. yeah. Well, the, the, the popular scuttlebutt is the fact that, well, he's this much money under the cap, and they have no cornerbacks. Ergo, Sonizic doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Do you subscribe to that theory? No. Not Why even not? Probably. Why not? I'm, but this, by the way, this is a setup. Because <laughs> I know the answer. Four. No. No, it's not. It's, I, he absolutely knows what he's doing. First of all, cap space rolls over. Okay. They're going to have a number. We, we talked about this. They're going to have a number of big ticket players. Most importantly, Mo Wilkerson, who is going to need either an extension or a new contract. And you don't have to spend it all just because you have it. It's not like it goes away when the first snap, you know, when the center hikes the ball on Sunday. Oh, that's it. $21 million. That's He pissed it away. It's not like Hot to Trot where Buster Poindexter comes out and tells everybody. And John Itzik is Richard Dreyfus in this scenario. And he pissed it away, and they and the tickets float everywhere. Okay, think it's not like RTU vacation time where you use it or lose it. That's correct. That's okay. absolutely right. Good. Ready to unload vacation time? Use it or lose it. So he's rolling over. Secondly, who was he going to spend it on? We've done this so many times. Revis was not an option. Anybody who says that he was an option is just not. It's not accurate. It's nope. just not accurate. Say it. No, I'm not going to say it. It's just not accurate. They're not paying attention. Nope, I won't say that. They are paying attention. They're paying attention to the wrong thing. It's not accurate. He was never coming back, ever. You don't believe that he contacted the Jets? Nope. I know he didn't contact the Jets. How do you know that? Because it's been said. It's it's out there. It's out there. Call a cop. What are we going to do? It's out there. It's he, he didn't his agents didn't contact the Jets they didn't it no negative so um I I didn't believe Darrell Revis was coming back I didn't know where he was going to spend the money he could have overpaid for DRC could have I I didn't want him to you you can't invest thirty five would they give him like fifty five million dollars in a you know twenty nine year old corner with a with a history of retiring? No. I don't think he's setting the team up to fail. Can I, well, can I ask you, in hindsight, was he wrong to let Antonio Cromartie go? Oh, no. Oh, he was so bad last year, Bryce. I, I know, I agree. Oh. So Walls is going to be better than him. Uh, Walls is an upgrade. You know what his biggest problem is in the secondary? Here, I'll give it to you. To me. He didn't find a replacement for Kyle Wilson. Right. They should have cut ties with Kyle Wilson. I know he's in the last year of his contract. 
But Rex has a blind spot for Kyle Wilson that is the size of a freaking Impala. He's trying to make it work. He's trying to force he's try- it. At, he's trying to force it in and make you know make sure that Kyle Wilson is not a bust pick because he said he wasn't going to be. And Itzik didn't draft him, should have dropped him, and should have found somebody to replace Kyle Wilson. Which means you find a slot corner somewhere that you don't have to give $35 million to. So that I'll kill him on. But, look, their front seven is going to be excellent. And they added Jason Babin, by the way. Yeah, you don't hear too much about that either. Like, how do you make up for the fact that your corners aren't very good? You go get more of a pass rush. He added Jason Babin, who had seven sacks on the Jaguars last year. Playing like an antiquated 4-3. Calvin Pace had 10 sacks on the Jets last year. Rex Ryan got Calvin Pace 10 sacks. And he's How many? 52 years old. He's 52 years old. He's going to be played by Morgan Freeman in the movie of the Jets. <laughs> so how do you compensate for not getting that corner? You improve the pass rush more. And he did. He wouldn't sign Babin. He's got Copels. He's got, he's got Mo Wilkerson, Sheldon Richardson, Snacks Harrison. They drafted rush linebackers. I mean, again, I don't have to be Pollyanna. I don't love everything the guy's ever done. Just 98% of it. <laughs> but just, just be prepared that the first time somebody beats one of those cornerbacks, that's all you're going to hear about. Yep. Well, look, they, let's just wrap up the Jets by saying this to me. Or I want to just get, get your opinion on this. Those first seven games, they got to go three and four. I would sign for three and four. Hmm. You sign for three and they got they got the Raiders to oh oh and that was the other thing I wanted to mention Sunday. I've never felt this before, but it's because of how daunting the schedule is weeks two through seven. Sunday's a must, a must win. Ah. Ah. It is. It's a must win. No, not from a not from a team perspective. Every every game's a must win. I'm talking about from a, my perspective of the season. Every game's they're football players. Every game's a must win. I I get that. Okay. What I'm saying is from my my feeling about the season, how the season's gonna go, and my lousy, you know, karma and chakra and feelings and mojo and all that crap. I need a win against the Raiders. So you want to, you're going to talk about the first seven games or the first eight games for seven games? The first seven. That's the, that's the crazy gauntlet, right? Because that week eight, they play the Bills or something like that. They play the Bills in week eight, but then they go to Kansas City in week nine. Kansas City doesn't scare me. In Kansas City. Still doesn't scare me. And then the Steelers at home. Yeah. The Steelers scare me more. But I just want to do the first seven weeks because the Bills are a breath. Okay. So, because the Bills are going to suck. All right, so you're going to go the first seven weeks. We're going to give them the win on Sunday. Can we just have somebody like an Italian? Is there an Italian person in Buffalo that every time they say the head coach's name, he's so bad, they just go, ooh, marron. <laughs> this guy. I just want to, I'm going to do that all season with the Bills. Uh, like every time a Bills score goes up and they're down like 31 to 3. I'm just going to be like, ooh, Marone, Marone, this guy, this guy. 
don't... Sammy Watkins. Ooh, Marone. Anyway. Um, I feel like it should be somebody that does a really bad Italian accent, like exaggerated. <laughs> you know, like, Mamma Mia! Ooh, Maroni! Maroni, right. <laughs> Lawrence Maroni. Lawrence Maroni. Is not um, Yes. All right, so in these seven games, uh, you got the Raiders at home. You want to give them the win. We're going to assume, because it's such an important game, we're going to give them that win. Yeah, and they're a better team. And they're a better team. And you're, it's a rookie cornerback, rookie quarterback, starting his first game Correct. against the Rex Ryan defense He's in the Meadowlands. traditionally well against those. So let's, let's – I, I hate to – give them a win because I tend to be more negative and you want to give them the loss, but no, it just, well, let's do it this way. Let's not give them the win. Let's say should win. Okay. Let's say they win that game. Should win. Your next six games, uh, three at home, three away. Your home games are the bears, lions, and Broncos. But you have to take them in the order they're in. You, you do. Why? Because they play like, for example, at the end of this gauntlet, as we'll call it, Elf needs food, Casey call it. As who? Casey would call it a gauntlet. <laughs> My son. Right. My one-year-old from, uh, from Bay Ridge. Yeah, he's he's learned a new word. It's gauntlet. gauntlet. He's got to go through the gauntlet. Oh, Maroon. Um, Pasta fajou. <laughs> so they have to go through this gauntlet. All right, they, I'm going to run it down. Ready? Yes, it, but because they play like Rivers, Manning, and Brady in 11 days. Yeah, I know. Okay, so after the Raiders, they go to Green Bay. At Green Bay. At Green Bay. What's Green Bay doing tonight? Getting shellacked. They are. By the defending Super Bowl champions. All right, so Green Bay's not going to be happy next week. In, in, their, in their building. Right. Right. Should lose. I'm probably going to be... Uh, let's just do should. Let's just put should in front of it. They're going to come back for a Monday night game... Against Jay Cutler and the Bears. That's a tough game. I think they can win that game. I'm going to go with could win. I think they could win that game. Yes. All right. Two and one. They follow that up with a game against Matthew Stafford and the Lions, again, in their building. I think they're going to win one of those two games. I'm thoroughly and, and perpetually unimpressed with the Lions. I know. But they're good. They, they always play the Jets tough. They always give them problems. I'm thoroughly and, un, and perpetually unimpressed with Matthew Stafford and the Lions. I am. I think, I think you're going to rue that. Calvin Johnson could. I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm just saying they, I, they, every year they're supposed to be a great team. And every year with the defense and, this, and, uh, and Matthew Stafford's this all-pro incredible quarterback. Uh, I just, we'll see. Okay. Okay. I just, I feel like of the, the two home games against NFC North, Teams, I think they can. Uh, they're going to split those games. Okay. Two and two. Okay. We're two and two. Uh, then they go to San Diego. See now, I'm way more afraid of. I San Diego doesn't scare me. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I know they're going to be very, very good. I just feel like Rex sort of has Rivers' number, and I, they don't put the fear into me. I know they're supposed to. All right. And then they follow that up with Peyton Manning and the Broncos coming into the Meadowlands. That's, how do you Americans say, a loss? In Denver? No, they're here. 
Oh, that's here. Yeah. Still a loss. Unless it's four degrees and... On October 12th. On October 12th. Which would be be record-setting, yes. It's coming. Okay, so that's a loss. And then the Patriots. And then the Patriots Thursday night. In Foxborough, that's a loss. Yeah, so so you're going to sign for three and four at this point. I signed for three and four. You signed for three and four, then you get the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Steelers. If you can get two out of those three... Which I think they can. I don't think the Steelers are going to be very good. You go into the bye at five and five. And it's a late bye. After the bye, they, it's not an easy schedule, but it's an easier schedule. Bills, Dolphins, Vikings, Titans, Patriots, Dolphins. Yeah. You could conceivably see them getting four out of six of those games. Yep. That gives you nine wins. You're right in the mix. Yep. Does that make this... But, like, we're fans, and we're, we're, we're playing the win-loss, win-loss I've game. Seen that, I've seen that, you know, Samini had them at 9-7. and seven. Other people had them at 8-8. Eight and eight. It's I, a legitimate, it's a legitimate right? it thing. To say that the, that the Jets are going to be a 4-5 or five win team, I think, is, is, is a little trolly. It is. All right. I don't, I don't think they're a 4-5 or five win team. Could they go 4-12? and 12? Of course they could. Anybody could. No, not anybody. The, okay. Patri- the Patriots are not going 4-12. and 12. Yeah, Unless Tom Brady breaks his ankle. You know, and, and even then, with all their awesome, incredible backups, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, who's apparently ready to win at least two Super Bowls, at least. Unless he had to go against Brady, in which case, I don't know, the world may explode. <laughs> that, might, that might actually tilt the globe off its axis, and we'd be looking at Ookla the Mock. And uh, <laughs> uh, Thundar the Barbarian. Okay, so Tom Brady is Thundar in this equation. That's right. I love. I did love what he said, though. When are you going to stop playing? When I suck. When are you going to retire, Tom? When I suck. You hate him, but every now and then. Every now and then, he's got a nugget where you got to be like, ah, "All right, that's a good job by you." <laughs> okay, uh, should we talk about the Giants? Yeah, let's let's touch on them quick. Uh, I don't. I boy, you don't have a lot to say, do you? It did not go well. It's been uh, look. It's been beaten to death. Their offense. I think the fascinating thing to me to watch this year with the Giants is Eli Manning. It just really is. Oh, for sure. If he comes out and throws twenty-five or you know twenty-three interceptions again, and is just really bad, what do you do? Well, I think that's why they drafted Ryan Nassib last year. Yeah, who, let's also just relax. On no, 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 the, I'm not saying that he's the next no, not you, not coming you. of... Not you, I just heard a lot of, a lot of talk. Well, he's, a good, I mean, he's a good quarterback. No, he's not. He's a good quarterback. Coming he's, out of school, uh, he was a good quarterback. He's not. His own coach passed on him twice. He's not. He's not good. He's, I'm telling you right now, he's not good. Right, so he's, not, he's, not, he's not a viable option to start in the NFL. I don't think so. Okay. So if Eli Manning throws 25 interceptions this year and they don't want to extend his contract... I could be entirely wrong about Ryan Nassib, admittedly. Again, I'm not Matt Cavanaugh, Cal. I think we've established that. I, I keep forgetting. I'm sorry. I'm, do you have my card? I do, but I still don't know who he is. Please look down at the card. Please... Please check the card again, ma'am. Please. 
please check the card again. Um, I don't feel like I, I don't think Ryan Nassib's going to be an NFL quarterback, but I could be entirely wrong. Anyway, they're going to have a very interesting decision if Eli sucks this year. Yes, that's true. I personally don't think he's going to suck, but I just don't know if they did enough on that offense. That line is bad. The line is bad. They're banged up already. That line is bad. They're going to run. I think what they're going to run the ball a lot this year. What time does uh, Taco Bell close? What time? When does when does Jerry Reese start to take hits for these drafts, Cal? He's not. They've won two Super Bowls. He's not going to take too many hits. Wow. Man, that's just it. Well, you know, the David Wilson thing was a little bit of a fluky. That, that kid was supposed to be a good player. I and then he got hurt. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm go back and look at his draft since. No, I know, but I'm just saying. Like, there's like two guys left on the team. I mean, he won a Super Bowl with that. He had that, you know, that big draft in 2006, 2007, his first draft, and they won the Super Bowl with Bradshaw and you know guys that he drafted, and JPP and stuff like that in 2010. Uh, uh, what are there three guys left on the team? From that Super Bowl team? No, I mean, that he's drafted. Three, four guys? JPP and, you know, maybe... Or Mukamara. Mukamara. Uh, Ruben Randall, still here. Ruben Randall's here. Now he's got Andre Williams that he drafted. Hasn't turned into a, a player, though. I mean... Yeah, not, no, it's still... No, he hasn't turned out an all-pro. Other than Pierre Paul? No. Well, Pierre Paul for one year. Pierre Paul's been invisible for two seasons. Well, he's, because, because he's a big key for that team. That's because he was trying. He is. He's a huge key for that team. That guy no, is... I'm just, la- I'm just laughing at the fact that he hurt his back trying I to know. pick up Rukamara. He's, he's a complete mystery, that guy, in, in terms of... I mean, I know that people double you and they specialize on you when you have as dominant a season as he had, but gee whiz. Yeah. Come on. You, you can't... You can't be invisible. They open on Monday night in Detroit. This team started out 0-6 last year. If they start out 0-4, 0-5, do we hear the whispers about Tom Coughlin again? You're, you're, you're going to hear whispers. He can't hear them, though. He's very old. He's not going to. He won't hear them. He won't, they're not going to fire him. What? What? Fire Tom what? what? Sorry. That's an old joke. He's not that old. He's, a, he's ancient. But he's no, he's not. He's the oldest coach in the league by a lot. Of course he is, but he's not. He's not an old old man. He's he's in his sixties. He's an old man. Old man. You're not being fair. <laughs> well, in fairness to me, I was not uh, required to be fair to no, Tom Coughlin. No, that's, that's true. Nope. It was nowhere in my contract to be fair to Tom Coughlin. Simon told you you should be a little more fair. He just said it in PJ's ear. PJ just related it into my ear. Right. Starting now. Be more fair, mate. I can't do it. We got to change him. We got to move him. Where do you want? I, mean, I, I told you, the, the Brit is easy. Is he a Brit? I guess. Is he from Wales, maybe? Maybe we can make him from Wales. I just I want him to be from just is, somewhere a little more is exotic. Sean, is he Sean Connery? Is he like Scottish and Welsh and... He's not. I don't know. He's playing golf. Maybe he is Scottish. Tell him to use more questions. Uh, he's younger sounding than that. 
Tell him to you. <laughs> it's not a woman. <laughs> He's six. Mary Queen of Scots. He is. He's Mary Queen of Scots. Okay, are we good on the football? I think so. What, give, give me a give me a prediction on the Giants this year. Give me a give me a win total. What do you think? Yeah, I haven't really looked at their schedule. Don't don't look at it. Just tell me what you think. I see a team that's going to really struggle to score points. This is a blind prediction. It's a blind prediction. I see a team that's really going to struggle to score points a lot. I don't see that often. I you, you can't like quotes like it may take us all season long. Eli Manning said it may be all season. Just letting you know. Could take us the whole... And then Odell Beckham, who was drafted, and everybody loved that draft pick. And he hasn't played it down, and he probably won't for a while. And I just... There's no tight end there. I just... Not good. Who has a better season? Who finishes with more wins this year, Jets or Giants? You're setting me up here. I'm not setting you up. I feel set up. All right. Uh, The Jets. I, I think the Jets. I don't think it's by much. Well, it can't be by much. No, I mean, I could see the Jets going 9-7, and seven, and I could see the Giants going 7-9 and nine or 8-8. Eight and eight. Right. Their, their secondary apparently is very good, I'm told. Yeah, if you, if you took the Giants secondary and matched it up with the Jets front seven... You'd have something. You'd have a stew. Now you got a stew. <laughs> no, no, baby. Don't throw that bone away. Um, anything, anything else football related that's on your mind? Just super, super excited it's back. Uh, yeah. Two great fantasy football drafts. Nobody cares. Doesn't matter. I'm saying it anyway. Um, and really just excited that, it, that it's here. Yeah. It's here. I may start betting like a maniac this year. Whoa. Hey, yep. whoa, whoa. Season five. We're in New York. It's illegal. Welcome to our... T- I don't... I Okay. What? I don't know what you're talking about. What? I may start doing all sorts of, like, prop bets. Hmm. Like little, you know, like... Like I have that one bet at work with a guy... You know, with the guy... If the guy is from another team... From another team. Roots for another team and they're playing the Jets. Uh, the The bet is always... If the Jets win, I get to choose a jersey for him to wear for the day at work. If the other team wins, he gets to choose a jersey. He or she, could be a she, gets to choose a jersey for me, and I have to wear it for the full day. This, this, okay, I have questions here. Sure. Do you have a wardrobe of jerseys to choose from in the office? No, you bring it, you bring it in. Okay, I thought, I mean, you made it sound like there's like a closet of jerseys, and you go to the closet and you select, <laughs> okay. We, we could, we're definitely going to do that now. Uh, follow up? Yes, Brian, RTU. You're Cal, right? Are you Cal or Sam Pete? Uh, Cal. I'm the Cal. Gotcha. Cal. Go ahead. Good show. Big fan. Thanks. Yeah, you're Cal. You're Sam Pete. I'm asking you the question. What's your What's your question? <laughs> Getting testy. Yeah. Are we? I'm turning into Rex. The um. So if they if you win then the person that lost the bet must wear your jersey? Yeah. So it's your personal jersey that you bring in that this person right. has to wear. 
Correct. Are they required to clean the jersey before nope. they return it? Nope. It is returned at the end of the day. So if, let's say, the person has a business meeting. Okay. They're to wear the jersey over the seat no, bro, like at a we, press conference? We would say, <laughs> like they just signed. Like they just signed a contract? Right. No, we, we, don't, we don't do it on a day like that. And do you have to take a picture? Yes. And is it posted on the social media? No. Okay. I think I'm good. <laughs> you all set with that? I'm going to do a lot more of those bets this year. I got a lot. Those kind of bets. All right. That's fine. That's fun. Makes it fun. Keeps yeah. it interesting. I want to hear some more. We, should, we need to think of those for next show. We need to think of more bets that I can do. Prop bets? Yeah, that are, but they're not prop bets. They're like, there's no money involved. It's got to be something like... You want football or... It could be football. Don't know why I went Jay Leno there. Just happened. <laughs> um, and I want PJ to think about this too. I think we've given PJ a lot to think about. I don't... He's very capable. Is there action? I'm in for their action. Is there action? By the way, Cal, you had no idea if PJ is a complete degenerate gambler. Complete, <laughs> complete and utter degenerate. A little degenerate bit of a problem. Gambler. Yeah. It's only a problem if you know you have a problem. He has a problem. He's got a problem. Big problem. Big problem. Right. And he admits it. Complete degenerate gambler. Complete and utter. Only if I start. Only in a casino. <laughs> If there's money around. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, your big your big trigger is actually starting. It, right. If if there's that thing that pushes me to to start, then goodbye. Boo. But you have the willpower to avoid having to, to be start. started. Right. Right. I have the willpower to not go back home till I start winning. Is that willpower really though? I don't at I th- that point. I think that's called desperation. <laughs> Survival. <laughs> yeah. You've been here two and a half days, sir. Not leaving. Not leaving until I leaving. turn it around. I do not have my money back. Until I break even and then from there it's all mood sailing. It's it's all shoes for the kids. That's right. Come on, lucky seven. Come on, lucky seven. Um Wow. Well, you need to think of some non-monetary bets that I can do, like that one. Fun bets. They're fun things. There's like a... what? Are you talking about the stakes of the bet or what you can bet on? No, the stakes of the bet. I want to start betting a lot of football. And I have a lot of friends that have, like, the Jets play the Bears this week. There's two guys in the office that are big Bears fans. I want, can... a, I want a new bet for that. Let's think can of a new bet. bet, like, a New York pizza versus a Chicago pizza? If you want to be tremendously unoriginal, or if we were both mayors of those respective towns. Yes. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm just, just trying to get an idea of what you're... I'm going to do a deep dish versus a Neapolitan. A grandma. Right. Um, if you want to be colossally unoriginal. Yes, we could do that. Hey, I, would, I, I would like to be a little more original. So let's think of that. Week three, Jets about Bears. If the Jets win, then the Bears guys got to eat a pound of green M&Ms. And if the Bears win, then the Jets fan has to eat a pound of brown and blue M&Ms. 
Why brown? Ditka. There's a little brown in there, isn't there? Yeah. Somewhere on that the, shirt. The bears, the bears win. You have to dress up like Mike Ditka. There it is. With the sweater vest and a mustache. I love this. And if the and Jets, glasses. If the Jets win, he uh, he He's has to wear a fur coat like Joe Namath. Or he has to dress up like Rex Ryan. Or like Rex Ryan. With the with the uh, the sleeveless uh, sweater over the, the white and, and white tee and the khakis. Yeah. And the Jets hat, and he's got to wear a headset all day. I don't like that all your bets end in dress-up, Steve. I'm starting to worry about this. <laughs> and then if the – well, I have two Bears fans, so that's a good one for one Bears fan. Whether the Jets win or lose, I get to dress up like Hello Kitty, right? Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let me just make sure we're clear on the stakes here. Jets win or lose, still dress-up time for Steve. Right? I, I didn't say miniskirt. You said miniskirt. I don't, <laughs> I don't think that's appropriate. I love this. I love this. If the Bears win, I have to dress up like Ditka. And if the Jets win, he's got to dress up like, jo, or, uh, like Rex. Or I, like, feel like, I, and I feel like you should take on the personality of the guy for the day. Right. I have to talk. You have to chew gum furiously. <laughs> Can you imagine? I have to do that the at bet work. That is actually day. method acting, isn't it? It is. That's right. The bet for me is actually studying for a role. Because oh, I'm going to play Ditka. <laughs> that's what you have to do. Yes. Um, I love this. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it up to him, and we'll we'll check in on this in three weeks or in two weeks. We got to think of another one though, because there's two Bears fans. So next week, let's think of another one. Another one of those prop bets. I love I love the Ditka one so much. And, okay. I just, and I and I'm I'm almost rooting for the Jets to lose so I can dress up like Ditka for the day, and just walk around and talk like this. Well, why don't you hedge and make the same bet with the other Bears fan, but the opposite? The opposite. That's right. So either way, right. I'm getting to dress up like Ditka. <laughs> you want that report? Here's your report. Bears 347. Your report zero. Nada. Okay? You'll get your report as soon as I finish these ribs. <laughs> okay. Um, let's do the, uh, the fun load. And then, and then we'll wrap this bad boy. Anything on the Mets, Yankees? Nope. No, no, screw the Mets. Are, are they really retiring Derek Jeter's jersey before he finishes playing? I mean, well, is this, did, is you, this... did, did you see Randy Levine was very coy about it? I can't, I can't take it. I mean, when Mike Francesa says, you have to settle down, Yankees, he's, he's really not happy. And when Mike Francesa says the words, you heard, did you hear this, Cal? I don't know. Show some class. Yes. Yankees. I didn't even, I didn't know what to do with myself. I reround that part like three times. Mm-hmm. Show some class, Yankees. Okay. Okay. You're the Yankees. Leave the jersey alone. <laughs> Did you see the onion headline when they put the patch on for Jeter? No. <laughs> Yankees mourn Yankees mourn the passing of Derek Jeter, comma, bat him second in the lineup. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's, it was so perfect. They have a patch on their sleeve. He's still playing. Come on. Three weeks. 
It's not even like it's the last series of the season. There's three more weeks. Come on. They're in a pennant race. Come on. Stop. I, I, I find it very curious that he is allowing all of this to happen. Because all you've heard for 20 years is that he's above all of this. Yep. And Derek Jeter would never do this, and it's not his idea. No, it's not his idea. He's Derek Jeter. That's all you hear. He's Derek Jeter. Seems he, he, he wanted to put a stop to this. Yeah. He couldn't, he couldn't make a call upstairs and be like, okay, guys, that's, uh, yeah, we're good. All right, the patch is a little much. Yeah, we're all set here. The likeness of my face <laughs> on the left pant leg, like Nase tongue. I think it's going too far. I He's think allowing so. it all. Yep. Having a party with it. I, I just, I don't know. I thought I'd never uh, get over the summer of Rivera, but the summer of Jeter is has really been trying. A re-two-pecked. Re-two-pecked, yes. Re-two-pecked. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, on to the, uh, on to the fun load. With uh, I have a uh, I'm going to start us off after we listen to music. Ooh, make it louder. Royalty free. And the best part is Okay, time for the fun load. I'm going to start us off. Pete, you experienced something this week that I... Whoa! Whoa! Whoa. Let me finish. Wait a minute. I don't like his reaction because he knows what he's experienced for this week. Let me finish. (laughs) Oh, okay. You got to experience something this week that I am really envious of. And that is you took your children to see Ghostbusters in the theater. Yeah, I did. And they are just about the same age as my a little younger. Well, Lily's not, but Dan is. Just about the same age as my brother and I were when we saw Ghostbusters in the theater. Nine and, nine and twelve. Yeah, and I think my brother and I were 12 and 14. I need you to uh, to talk me through this and, and just tell me how it went. Tell me about their experience. I am so jealous that you got to do this. It Well, it was really great. They've seen it on uh, on Blu-ray here. Dan was a big fan. And what he got out of it was the background gags that don't show up so great, even on a big screen TV. Like? He was, noti- he was noticing stuff. Like when they, uh, when they fire on the, uh, the uh, in, in the hotel, the, uh, I can't think of what the, the cleaning lady. The cleaning lady. Thank you. Yeah. My God. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What the hell are you doing? And then she ducks behind the cart 
and she takes out a little spray bottle and she starts putting out the flaming toilet paper. Dan Dan fell out of his chair when he noticed that. Successful test. Yeah. That's a a sight gag in the background. She's got a little, like, a cleaning bottle, and she's spraying the flames. Tremendous. They give give it almost no screen time. Yeah. It was was great. I mean, it it was not a director's cut. There were no added scenes. They made no effort to improve the CGI. It it was nothing like that. It was just the movie. Um, They remastered it in 4K you know, to make it digital. But it still looked absolutely film-like. You know, it didn't okay. have any... Uh, there was no digital artifact to it or anything like that. It wasn't like the frame rate was off or, or other things that happened to digital transfers. It looked just perfect. Right. And it was just really huge, widescreen presentation. It was big and loud, and the cartoony effects worked so great. That's another thing that's it's lost a little bit on the Blu-ray even, um, just how silly, you know, Slimer the Green Ghost is. Right, right. It's, it's ridiculous. And when, right. it's, when it's 10 feet tall, you really laugh at it. Right. And you don't care. Yeah, it's just really funny. Did, they, did he catch the Jim Belushi as the cleaning guy when they're getting kicked off campus at Columbia? No, he's he's not he's not deeply versed in recognizing Jim Belushi. But he, you know, he comes uh, nor did he recognize. He's got the. Nor uh, did the he recognize uh, Joe Franklin, Larry King, or Ron Jeremy, or whoever else well, was. Uh, Ron Jeremy's not in that movie. Yeah. Oh no. Yes. 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 He is. As what? Ron Jeremy's. Ron Jeremy's on the left side of the screen in the first major crowd scene, leaning right up against the police barricade. As Ron Jeremy, or just as an extra? As guy in crowd. He's just there. But you, you've seen Ron Jeremy. You know what he looks like. <laughs> we've, we've all seen Ron Jeremy. We've all seen too much well, of Ron Jeremy, probably. This is, this is a 1983, 1984 Ron Jeremy. Wow. I had no idea he was in that movie. Yeah, he's not um, credited, but you know it's him. Somebody, somebody yeah. tweeted this. Oh, it was Patton Oswalt tweeted this yesterday and I fell down laughing. I think it's gotten over like 6,000 retweets or something like that. And it was Vankman just happens to have that many CCs of Thorazine on him when he goes to Dana's apartment. <laughs> what, was he pla- what was he planning? I just whacked her up with about 10,000 CCs of Thorazine. She's going to take a little nap now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Mr. Dr. Venkman. He was carrying it around just to be safe. What stuff was going down. What exactly did you have in mind for the evening? Oh, I thought I was, I was, I literally fell out of my chair laughing. It was such, it was like the greatest observation of all time. That's so obvious. And you see that movie 800 times. You're like, no one (laughs) called, you know, BS on that one. No one. Like, wait, wait, wait. Can we justify Peter Venkman having 10,000, Whatever it is, ten thousand cc's of Thorazine on him at all times. <laughs> you know, we've been talking about the other the other part of this page that I wanted to get was you obviously saw it in the theater when you were a kid. 
that ex- is that the only way to re experience it is to take the is like to have kids or take kids or nieces or nephews or whatever but like to watch it with 12 year olds and to you know like is that the only way to really kind of re-experience like if i went i'm sure i'd enjoy it but i probably wouldn't enjoy it as much as i would if i took like my niece samantha or something you know or my nephew yeah no it's it's totally tremendous to see it with someone who's seeing it for the first time and when they're the right age for it to surprise them. Right. You know, you don't want to see it with someone who's all jaded and whatever. But someone who's who's going to be receptive to it. It's fantastic like that. Yeah. Right. All it's right. Very joyful. Now I have a question for both of you. And then I have another question that can lead us into a bit of a discussion based on the re-release of Ghostbusters. And then what, what's after that? And then after that, I'm going to take a little there's break. There's a panel. I'm going to take a <laughs> There's a panel. Right, then we have a comedian um, who's going to come on, do a couple minutes, and then he's going to come and sit with us. Right. Um, William Atherton. We've been talking about him a ton at the office lately, doing impressions of him you know, from either Die Hard or Real Genius or um, obviously Ghostbusters. Unbelievably underrated, just playing a prick. Unbelievably underrated, right? He had the trifecta of movies. It was unbelievable. And I don't, I don't know. Have we discussed William Atherton before? I feel like we have. We have. We've mentioned him once or twice okay. like this. How does he sort read? Of unequaled. How does he read in the rewatch for your kids? His face is so enormous <laughs> when he's going back and forth with Bill Murray. <laughs> and what is the magic word, Dr. Venkman. Please. Yeah. Man, uh, please. Yeah, with, with, <laughs> with his eyes half closed, but you could see the contempt on his face. I am telling you, I watched it again recently on TV, and also on TV, and it is really incredible work by Atherton. Those two scenes, the scene with Murray when he's first introduced and then the scene in the mayor's office. Oh, is sure. Heavyweight work. Tremendous. I, I mean, I feel like unbelievably underrated work by this guy. Like sticking in the scene with Bill Murray there, allowing him to, I don't mean to get like inside baseball or whatever with acting, but allowing Murray to steer the ship, allowing him to be him, being smug, Taking cues in the mo- that scene is incredible. That scene's really good. It's a little throwaway scene. It's really, really good. That is uh, that is some that's some heavyweight work, man. It really is. Why do you want to see the storage facility? Let's just say I'm curious. And he's just per- he's right on top of it. He's playing the straight guy. He knows his role. He knows his intention. And he lets Murray have fun with him. And it's the same thing in the mayor's off. I'm going to fix you, Venkman. I'm going to get you something nice. That's always the line that people miss. <laughs> I'll, fi- I'll get you, Venkman. I'm, I'll fix you. I'm going to get you something nice. I'm going to miss him. Um, so I, I just had to, I wanted to see what they, you know, how Atherton reads to a 12-year-old. Because I remember him reading that, like, really well as when I was 12. He's so good in Die Hard, too. Yeah. He's appreciated. Yeah. He is. All right. 
So now, uh, follow up. Uh, <laughs> Simon is screaming in my ear. I'm not sure if we did this or not, and if we did, I want to revisit it. Because now you've done this, you've had this experience. So now, Peach, I want you to lead us in this, and then Cal, obviously I want you to jump in as well. Give me three more movies you want re-released so you can take your children. So you can re-experience them, them, re-experience them with your children. I got Jurassic one. Park. Okay, well, welcome aboard. Here we go, and away we go. Wow. Yeah. And Cal, I want you to put uh, your girls, make your girls a little older for this exercise. I'm going to make the boys a little older. I will do no such thing. I know. They're getting away from you. I get it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Cal had a daughter start middle school. He's panicked. Ugh. No, but yeah, you, how much older do I have to make them? Right. <laughs> make Julia t- 27. <laughs> and it's grad school. Uh, then Terms of Endearment <laughs> would be the movie. You want everybody re- crying. You want to yeah. experience terms of endearment in the theater for yourself? All right, that's fair. Uh-huh. No, no, I, I have one. Okay. Goonies. I was uh, that was my first one. Absolutely. Yeah. I want Goonies in the theater. Yep. I think my even my girls could get on board with Goonies. I oh they would. Let, can we make a re-release of Goonies happen? I know they've shown it like in. Uh, you know, when they show the movies in Central Park or something like that on the walk or whatever, like that an outdoor showing. Uh, yeah. I need the full theatrical re-release. Yep. The full treatment. How uh, how on board would you be with Goonies, Peach? I I would be on board, but I won't say it's a priority. Oh, all right then. You're fired. <laughs> Can I do that? Do I have authority to do that? Um, no. Yeah, it's all right. I'll, no. uh, One man. We'll finish the show and then I'll hand in my hat. Why does Jurassic, why Jurassic Park? Why now? I just turned into Lawn Mark Michael. Why now? Uh, my my kids feed off that kind of movie. Really? Where uh, there's an action and suspense that's almost unbearable, but not like a horror movie suspense. Right. But a Spielbergian uh, suspense. You know that they're going to be okay in the end. You have Mostly. a pretty, you have a pretty good idea. Those kids are going to live in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Well, I mean, plus if it's fifty feet tall, the ever, dinosaurs really pay off. Right. But did you ever doubt that little girl's going to be dead? Come on. Come on now. I mean, that the, the, they're going to have a Velociraptor tear the little boy to pieces. On screen. Did you ever see Mimic? Did you ever see Mimic? Yes. That'll change your Holy mind. Holy cow, yes. But Mimic is <laughs> not Park. <laughs> I'm just saying, the kids aren't always safe, is all I'm saying. They should be. Oh, boy. <laughs> what is Mimic? I've never seen Mimic. Do you, be- do you believe in that? The whole adage, kids and animals, don't touch them? What do you mean? In movies, kids should always be safe. Animals should always be safe. No, not the animals. No, f the animals. I don't. Screw the animals. What's that? I got a, I got I'm another wearing, one. I'm wearing a fur coat right now. Like, what are you talking about? I don't care. It's mink, mixed with stole, and it has some rabbit. It's got all sorts of stuff. I don't care. 
No, I'm, I'm kidding. Pockets are lined with chinchilla. Pete is on the, on the other line, by the way. <laughs> it's lined with seal. Singer? Singer, <laughs> right? Yes. Singer. Yes, that's... Wow. It's, that really got dark there. She's <laughs> fine. He's, he's, he's just totally fine. He's, he's always with you. That's right. He's just, he's just walking in the coat with me. I can pay you to a kid. Will you shut up? Please, Seal. But we're never going to survive. I'm at work. Please. Please, Seal. You'll have to excuse Seal. <laughs> You'll have to excuse me. My coat's lined with Seal. Oh, let's get a little. Seal, please. I'm trying to make a presentation here. I'm on the phone. I, <laughs> this is an important client. No, we're never good at... I only know two Seal songs. Okay. Yeah, those are the only two. That's it. What do you got, Peach? Give me one more. Jaws. <laughs> and now the nominees for Father of the Year. It's a great, great movie to see. Gigantic and Worse. For me, I oh. think it would be it would be thrilling for them. Sure. And you would swear them off for water for the rest of their lives. Congratulations. You know those little trips you like to take upstate? Yeah. No, no. It, you're not going, it you're happened not going. to all of us, and we're all fine. You're never going to a lake again, ever. Everybody skips swimming for that summer, and then, then they're fine after that. <laughs> That's right. Just temporary. You know what? I actually thought about Jaws and then said no. No, I don't want to do that to my children. I do. Yes. <laughs> I have another one uh, that I, uh, original recipe Karate Kid. Yeah. I would love to watch Karate Kid in the theater with like a 10-year-old Wesley. That would just, uh, that, I that would be. I to the new one. How dare you? Blasphemer. It was quite. It was quite good, and you're right. The 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 impact it had on I guess he was seven at the time was just tremendous. Yeah, he's he's now a black belt in Taekwondo, by the way, everybody. Yes, he is. <laughs> that's that's not a line or a joke. He's a black belt. He's now. Uh, Cal, you got another one? No, because I'll give you. I'll tell you why. I don't, I don't have to take my kids anywhere. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you why. I'm not springing for movie tickets. That's why. Yeah, that's that movie. I want to. I want to see that in the theaters again with them. Johnny Dangerously. Johnny Dangerously. Yeah, they love that. No. I want to see Johnny Dangerously in the theater again. I want to see it so that we could go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my daughter's watching an episode of the popular Nickelodeon show Victorious. All right, sir. PJ's familiar. I'm not familiar. I watch it a lot. Okay, yeah. It's on a lot here. <laughs> <Off> my own. <laughs> Kids are not here. But it's on TV. And PJ will probably know what I'm going to say here, if he's as familiar with it as I am. They did an entire episode of Victorious where they recreated The Breakfast Club. Yeah. Wow. Gutsy. It, and it wasn't terrible. 
That's some next oh, level clever. stuff over there at Disney or at Nickelodeon. Yeah, it was it was it was done well. But the reason why I say that is because that my daughter would not want to go see the Breakfast Club. Right. She's perfectly fine. She got if, what she got. If Nicolo, if Victorious and iCarly and all of these shows remade those movies yeah, right. in the vein of which they are today. Did you see The Breakfast Club in the theater, though? PJ probably did. He's way older than us. He probably took somebody. <laughs> I Was saw Easy Rider in the theater. That's right. <laughs> That was your first date. Blanca. Right. That's your, your first date. I told you, he's way... He's like at, at Cassavetti's films on his... <laughs> in the theater. Uh, I didn't, no. Neither did I. Because that was, that was a little... Yeah, above we 11, maybe. Yeah. But, all, but, that, but that whole run of John Hughes movies... And... Yes. I don't know if the Hughes movies, though, are in a different sort of category. Yeah. That's like 13, 14-year-old Wesley. Maybe even 15. Older. Yeah. yeah. Although Sam saw it. I think Sam saw it when she was 14, my niece. Different. Girls, girls and boys. Different. Yeah, and also, yeah, my niece is, uh, you know, she was 11 going on 36. So <laughs> she's a little more, she's more mature than me. She's 16 or 17. Um I had another one. I was going to say Star Wars, but that's too obvious. Um, it, it just is. The original re-release of Star Wars, like I would love to take Wesley to now. Not the crap where Han shoots first. Well, how about Raiders of the Lost Ark? shoots first. The Raiders, PJ? Well, I mean, Danny's already seen it 45 times since we saw it for the first time last month. So it might be a little overplayed. But on the big screen. But I'll support it. (laughs) You'll get behind it? I'll get behind it, sure. I'll tell you what, I'm going to throw... I can do it. I'm going to throw Rocky IV in there. Rocky IV? Rocky IV, yes. I was probably eight when I saw Rocky III. But Rocky IV... You know, what's that, 8th, ninth grade? Rocky Four was 90. We were in 10th grade. Yeah. Oh, okay. We were a little older then. Never, no, we couldn't have been. No, that was Rocky Five. I'm sorry. Right, yeah, which we pretend doesn't, didn't happen. Right. Rocky Four, we were in... ninth grade. grade. Or 8th grade. Yeah. Rocky Four in the theater was pretty great. You saw it in the theater? It was. Yes. I saw... I saw two... Three no, I saw three, four in the theater, one and two obviously, you know, on video. Right back to back. After, but I I had seen one and two before I saw three. Somehow. I was yes. a very I was a very big Rocky fan. Yes, yes, we all know. <laughs> I remember seeing two before one. Okay. And That's then be, and then being blown away by one. Oh, I thought of another one, by the way. Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I see the original re-release of Back to the Future with, like, an 11-year-old oh, Wesley? Your, your boys would eat that up. Oh, man. You kidding? Come on now. Let's make this happen. 
I would need to go see Adventures in Babysitting. <laughs> if I'm going to get my, my girls. You're going by yourself. I'm not going by myself. Oh, your girls would love that. Did, you, would, see, yeah. did you see that in the theater? I did see that in the theater. As did I. <laughs> How about she 16 did. Candles for that? 16 shut, Candles. Shut your mouth. You have a All daughter, right. PJ. Come on. I'm, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to throw another one in there. You guys may scaff, scaff Adele. But again, I have two boys. Top Gun. Top, yeah. Top Gun in the theater. I walked out of there and was ready to join up. I was in. I was going into the Air Force. I was going to be, or into the Navy to be a fighter pilot. I was in. In. My dad's like, you're, you're very not. Susceptible. In. I of course I walked out of uh, the Lost Boys. I was going to be a vampire. It didn't didn't matter. Right. Whatever I saw. You walked out of Moulin Rouge, going to be a French prostitute. That's correct. Going to be going to be <laughs> Toulouse-Lautrec. I, that's how I walked out of there. <laughs> walked out of Beverly Hills Cop. I was uh, an African American <laughs> police officer from Detroit. That's what happens. Foul mouth. Sign me up. Did you see Beverly Hills Cop in the theater? No. Yes. So did I. I was like 10. Something's that going on over there. It can't be right. They snuck you in. I no, you, but no you, you have documented the amount of movies that you used to go to with your yeah. brother. So that makes sense. That's all. You're, you're talking all around the same time frame. I'm putting Top Gun in there. Taking like an 11, 12-year-old Wesley to Top Gun. Oh, my goodness. I'd have to talk him out of it. I'd have to but, talk him out. He'd be thinking about his, his call sign immediately. How about Roadhouse? How about Roadhouse? I think we can all benefit from a, a theatrical re-release of Roadhouse, Cal. I don't think anybody loses there. You, you guys are definitely young making old, the case young and old that trips to movie theaters are important still. They are. To who? Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm sure I, I didn't mean to, like to the kids, to us. The kids to the definitely kids get a lot us? out of it. We. We had to go back to Guardians of the Galaxy, which, by the way, oh, my God, thumbs up. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And it was, oh, it's, yeah. Very, it's very good without being super excellent forever, but still very good. But the kids were so blown away, and it was because it was, it's just so big in all ways that they needed to see it again. I'm dying to see it. I really am. How about Gremlins, Peach? For you, my kids have seen it a few a few times. They do not ex- they do not uh, appreciate the dark, the black humor of it. I think it's probably they Zach Gallagher, right? Mean spirited. It's Zach Gallagher's fault. No, that's what I do. When, when an eighty movie eighties movie goes wrong, I bre- I blame Hoyt Axton or Zach Gallagher. Usually you make a strong case, but uh, the movie's not just Jonathan too dark. Silverman? Not Jonathan Silverman, nope. He somehow escapes. You want to hear oh, my third? Short Circuit. How about Short Circuit? No one wants to see Short Circuit. No one wants to see Short Circuit again. <laughs> Why not just give them a speaking spell and try to keep them interested? Oh, no, e. this was good when I was a kid. It was good, I swear. E.T. There you yeah. go. 
But that had its theatrical release, didn't it? Yeah, but not... My, my kids didn't see it. Yeah, but it. they took the guns out of it, the moron. They took the guns out of it, yes. Oh, did they really? Yes. Ridiculous. Awful. When they were showing the bikes? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Everybody was holding radios. It looked preposterous. It looked like they were waving at the kids with radios. Bye, kids. Bye. Makes no sense. They have since undone that one. Spielberg realized that it was... And they put the guns back. The guns are back in the DVD. Well, now. you know what you know what Spielberg always says: more guns. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. He says on set, "Look, let's just get more guns involved." Steven Spielberg? No, no, Frank Spielberg. Right. <laughs> Small direct. He's near do well, brother. <laughs> more guns. I'll show Steven. I don't know why. Why do all near do wells talk like that? No, I was thinking of unnecessary change to the movie. Oh, you were Never should have happened. You were thinking of Frank's one. Speaking of unnecessary changes to a movie, uh, I mentioned it before. Uh, that is probably the most upset, maybe in my adult life, I have ever been in a movie in a theater as it was happening by seeing something. There's, I give you two moments in my adult life. One oh, is in seven. Up. One is yes. One is during seven. Oh. When stop, spoiler alert! No, 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 not the end, not the okay. end. Good. When they go into the one apartment and all the air fresheners or whatever are, are up, and and the guy sits up in the bed, and he's been you know he's been kept alive all this time with the drugs and stuff. I yelled at the movie theater. I yelled at the screen, "F you!" Really loudly. I stood up and yelled. I was with buddy John Woods. I'll never forget it. And I oh, doesn't I, like to I, be startled. <laughs> F you. <laughs> F you. Stood up and yelled at the movie theater. The other one was when we went to see Star Wars, the re-release. Opening night. Had tickets. My buddy John Robman. I was in Dayton, actually, at the time. And we went opening night. We looked at each other and yelled at the screen. This is the re-release of Star Wars? The re-release, the re when 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 Lucas the 1997 special edition, correct. One. After oh, not episode four, no, 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 not him pissing all over my childhood and ruining my life. No, right. no, no, just re-releasing them with the special editions. And Greedo shoots first at Han Solo, thus giving Han Solo a reason. Boy, this is getting uber geeky, but us giving thus giving Han Solo a reason to shoot him. We. At that moment, lost our minds. Did everybody in the theater? Yes. Yes, but that's really the only time I've ever... That's the only other time I've been vocal at a movie screen. Mm-hmm. And that was a big F you, Lucas. Oh, F. Oh, F you. Are you serious? What just happened? What We looked at each other, stunned Terrible. disbelief. A complete what reversal happened? of a character. What happened? Exactly. That's exactly right. It's not an exaggeration to say that, that if you see that movie for the first time and you see that happen, you have a completely different idea of Han Solo at that moment. Completely different. And not in a good way. I'll tell you that much. Of course not. All right, I think we put this baby to bed. Huh? You guys, you guys good? You're good? I'm good. You good. feel good? I got this a third movie, but I'll save it. No, no, do it now, because we're oh. never...
we're never coming back. Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Not doing this every week? Like RTU vacation days. This should be something we bring back. What else would you bring your kids to? What (laughs) What else would you bring your kids to? (laughs) My third and final. A Turkish bathhouse. Would be uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. Did not because see it coming. I know how to close I, a show. <laughs> I saw that when I was 12. Saw that in the theater? I, what? You saw that in the theater? What? Why are you going to make fun of me? I'm not making fun of you. I'm surprised. Okay. I, it was I, one of those things that changed everything. I always imagined Jesus Christ Superstar. Had like a release of like eight screens. <laughs> Were you in Providence? Like what? Like, like, <laughs> like it was a an fan? art house cinema at the end of the block. All right. Limited release. Uh, limited release. At least I could see that change. If I had seen that when I was twelve, it would have completely turned my life upside down. Yes. I saw you guys do the play when I was 20 and it tur- or 19 and it turned my life upside down. Can't imagine oh, seeing Ted... Well, it wasn't because of you. I can't imagine seeing Ted... Eat it. <laughs> can't imagine seeing Ted Neely doing Gethsemane and, you know, at, at age 12. Yeah, Carl- it's startling. I'd say. Look, if your only experience is... Going to CCD up to that point, and you're yeah, not you're too not. immersed in musicals, right? Uh, it's just kind of uh, it alters your senses for a little, oh, little bit, you know. It's mind blowing. Holy mackerel! So that's my third. Ow. I'm glad I said it. I'm glad I said it. <laughs> I think we all are. Rest your weary head. Yes, I will. That's my weary head. I've got to rest my weary head. Um, I I have to say uh, something about Joan Rivers because I always thought the lady was fantastic. Um, and it's just really sad. I, I you know... Didn't have to happen, apparently. Cal, final unload. Try to, uh, Simon just said in my ear, try to pick things up a little bit. I'm going to lift it up a little bit, only because I knew someone was going to talk about Joan Rivers, so I wanted to go with some good news that you heard today. You don't rarely hear the good news, but the news that Jim Kelly, who's been battling cancer... Has now been uh, declared cancer-free by his doctors. Insane. He got a clean bill of health. He's really bounced back from this, and you don't, you don't, re- you don't hear about the good stuff. And this wow. was actually good news to come out, and it made me feel happy. That's incredible. That so, really is an incredible story. God, God bless Jim Kelly. And uh, my final unload is: Hey, Matt Harvey, through today. From a mound, did an up and down, rested between innings, threw. Everything went really well. 
be, be careful, Matt. Please. Yes. Be careful. All right, that's all the time we have for Ready to Unload with Callan Stampede. We will see you next week for episode number 189. Please download the podcast in iTunes and also check out our webpage, rtusports.com. You can get the uh, episode there. And we're also on Stitcher. So check it out. We'll see you next week, boys. Good night. Good night. Don't let Matt Harvey get anything off the high shelves. If he, if he reaches for a glass or something, go get it. Get it for him. Elocution. Say it right.